Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Tom French. I'm a youth minister, author and speaker in Melbourne, Australia. And not joining me from Sydney today is Chris Morphew, an author, youth leader and school chaplain. And you might be thinking... Where is Chris? Why has he not come to join you on the podcast today? We had to listen to you for almost the entire of last episode interviewing someone. We've had a whole lot of not Chris lately, Tom. We want him back. Well, the truth is that uh, Chris is currently, as I record this, at Kick in Katoomba. I'm just off the tail end of a whole week away with Soul Survivor Conference in Bensville on New South Wales Central Coast, and I... Just couldn't figure out how to get us both together to record another episode, at least to record the intro for this episode. So here's what's happening today. I am going to give you a seminar that I did at Ridley College's in Melbourne's Youth and Children's Ministry Training Day, which is coming up next year on, I think, something like the 19th of March. You should book it in your calendar. You can come down to Melbourne for it, or you can even do it online with your entire youth leadership team. Be great. Anyway, I'm doing a seminar called Welcome to Youth Ministry, and it's all about the basics of youth ministry. So if you're like brand new to youth leadership, this is a good one for you. If you're a youth leader and you're not brand new, but you have youth leaders that you know that are brand new, then you can get them to listen to this. And if you don't know anyone like that and you are not like that, you can just ignore it. Just ignore this entire episode. Anyway, it's going up late because we're not a professional thing. We're just we just get this done when we can. Oh, by the way, it's like there's seven people in a room for this seminar. It's That's why it's got seven people in a room energy and not speaking to a group of 100 brand new youth leaders energy because that's not what happened. All right, here it is. I'll see you. At so the end. what we're going to do in this session, this is a session that's uh, designed for you if you're new to youth ministry. So great that you are here. Except for you, James. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's good that you're here too. <laughs> um, but it's great, uh, yeah, that you're here and that you're doing youth ministry. And what we're doing in this session is not going to be like really practical things. So I'm not going to talk about like how do you run a small group? How do you do a talk? How do you run a game? Those kind of things are good to know, but you can kind of often you can learn that on the job or there's kind of resources you can go to to get that kind of stuff. This is kind of more basic foundational stuff, but this is the stuff that if you get this right and you you get this kind of sorted early on in your ministry, it'll set you up for really good youth ministry for the rest of your time in youth ministry and it'll set you up for just good kind of ministry in general. Um, So some of them are going to be really basic and you'll be like, oh, that's obvious. And some of them hopefully will be slightly less obvious, but all helpful. Um, There's space at the end for questions, but you can ask questions all the way through if you want to. Um, My name is Tom. I am the youth minister for the Inner North Youth Group, which is a youth group in... We meet in Brunswick West. So just over... I don't know. Yeah, over there. Um, But we're a youth group of like four different churches in this kind of area. Um, And I've been leading that youth group for the past four and a bit years. And I've been doing youth ministry for about a bit over 20 years. So um, I've had a lot of experience in different churches, different kind of, you know, seen a lot of different leaders come through, being a different kind of leader. I've gone from the young leader and to the old leader and everything that comes in between that and uh, and learned some things and forgotten some things and probably I'm still not very good at some things. So that's me. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you ready? We've got 10 things. Uh, hopefully they're helpful. If you only remember the first two, then that will be definitely enough for you. But the rest hopefully are helpful too. All right. You ready? Number one. Here we go. Be a Christian. Love Jesus. I probably don't need to actually... There's not that much written on the board, so you know, it, most of it's just one line, so I, I won't need to not jump out of the way every time. But this is really, it seems really basic, right? The, if you're going to be a leader, you should love Jesus, except that it's not always basic in that not every youth leader <laughs> loves Jesus, and not everyone who wants to do youth ministry loves Jesus. 
But if we're going to be people who help young people meet Jesus and know Jesus, then we need to be people who love Jesus ourselves. When I first started in youth ministry, the church, it was the church I grew up in. I told them that I felt called by God into youth ministry. They said, great, you can have a job. And so I got, my, got this job. They paid me $500 a month to do one and a half days a week for this job. I ran the youth group. I ran a small group. I did some schools ministry. And then for, I did Sunday school. And I also got given the entire evening service to pastor as an 18-year-old with no experience. So you can tell what kind of a church maybe it was that they do, what didn't always make the best decisions. And, uh, and in my first week at um, college, uh, I was doing a youth ministry intensive and I'd just started this role in the church. And so then I went to the youth leaders and I thought, I said, you know, I think maybe from some of the stuff I've been learning at college, I think maybe we should have some basic kind of things that, we, that are requirements for leaders. And they said, oh, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I think one basic requirement should be that, you, you know, you're a Christian. And they said, well, what? tell me what that means. And they said, I think you should believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And they said, oh, I don't know about that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so I had six leaders and three of them were like, didn't want to commit to the idea that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And... So I was like, well, why, what, are you do, what are you doing in youth ministry? Like, what is this about for you if it's not about helping young people meet Jesus and grow in their love for Jesus? And they're like, well, we want to kind of provide a safe space for young people to hang out. And, you know, young people, people gave us youth ministry. So we want to give back and that kind of thing, which is, you know, that's, you know, that's good stuff. But if you want to do that kind of stuff, but you're not interested in helping young people meet Jesus, then there's other places to do good work with young people you can become a youth mentor you can you know hang out at local um you know council youth work spaces you can volunteer lots of good things you can do but youth ministry is about helping young people meet jesus and grow in their love for jesus and so if if we want that to happen with young people we've got to love jesus ourselves so if you don't know jesus then catch me at the end and i'll tell you all about him but if you do then Great, you've passed the first test to be a youth leader. Um, but the other thing is it means that if we want young people to know and love Jesus, then we need to keep working on our relationship with Jesus. Before we work on other things, the, the other skills of youth leadership that we work on, we say, what does it mean for me to be someone who loves Jesus in this space and this time? How do I grow in my love of Jesus? Just me personally, not for ministry, but just for me personally, because that's good for me. That's what God has given me, the gift of being able to know Jesus to be his son. How do we keep working on that? So yeah, point number one. Hopefully that's obvious. Point number two. Got to love the youth. So my two basic requirements when I chat to people about youth leading is I say, you need to be someone who loves Jesus and you love young people. And if you can do those two things, everything else will follow. Um, and so if you want to be a youth leader, you've got to make sure you love young people. Seems obvious. Now, when I say that, though, it doesn't mean that when you love young people that you've got to like, you know, feel really passionately about, you know, really all I want is for, you know, to hang out with young people and for them to know Jesus. And like, that's great if you're really passionate about it. Excellent. But love is not about feeling as much as it's about action. What we see in the Bible is that love is the things that we do. And love is patient and love is kind and love is gentle and is not self-seeking. It doesn't boast, keeps no record of wrongs. And that's the stuff that we do with young people. If you want to love young people, then we commit ourselves to doing the actions of love with young people. That we are patient with young people and we are kind to young people. That we're not self-seeking with young people. That we, you know, we don't, we're not boastful, we're not proud. We don't keep a record of wrongs with young people. We delight in the truth with young people. This is, this is, this is the, the work of love that we do with young people. Um, and if you're willing to do the work of love with young people, the, the, the feelings will follow. Like you will, you will get more excited about seeing young people grow in their faith and seeing young people engage in church and seeing young people tell their friends about Jesus and other young people come along and start coming to youth group. You'll become passionate about that if you do the work of love. So if you're willing to do the work of love, and you love Jesus, love young people, love Jesus, then you're ready to be a great 
youth leader. Um, if you don't, if, if with young people, like, I just, I just don't like them, I don't want to hang out with them, there's other things you can do as well. And that's okay. Not, youth ministry is not for everyone. Um, but uh, you need to figure that out earlier, sooner rather than later, so you're not like just hating teenagers when you're hanging out with teenagers. All right, there you go. First two points. Everything will uh, be a little bit more um, focused from here on in. Um, but there are our foundations. Any questions on those two? <laughs> Good. It's getting windy outside. All right, join in. Have fun. So one of the really important things, I think, for doing youth ministry, and one of the things I keep talking to my leaders about, is, uh, is join in. Whatever's going on, join in. Get involved. Be part of what's happening at youth group. Um, if there's a game happening, play it. If there's food going on, hang out with, eat food. If there's a small group, be part of it. Um, you are, don't separate yourself from young people. Be part of what's going on with the young people in youth ministry. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing camps with teenagers and uh, doing a lot of like youth group camps or camping with like groups like SUTS or um, groups like CYC. Not, I haven't done stuff with CYC, but similar groups. Um, and I've noticed that in those camps, like the, the youth leaders, the leaders on the camps always just get involved. Like all the games are there. They sit with the kids at mealtimes. They um, sometimes, you know, like the way the camping works, they're living in close proximity to young people. Like they're just really kind of engaged with what's going on. And then a little while ago, I was invited to go on a camp with a school and I was the speaker on this Christian schools camp. And uh, so I went on the camp and then the first mealtime came in, I went and sat down at you know, a table with some of the young people. I was sitting there with all these students and then I looked around and I was like, I don't see any adults here. It's just me and teenagers. I'm like, what's going on? And then I looked behind me and there was like a row of you know, tables behind me which were filled with all the teachers and none of them sat with any of the kids. I was like, that's really odd. I was like, I'm not used to that. And, then, and I realized it's because there's culturally there's just a different thing going on there. Like in school, the culture is that students and teachers are separate like there there's an otherness there um and i don't know if if that's just because that's the culture or if that's you know they deliberately do it that way because that's the best way to help young people to learn i'm not a teacher i so i don't know if any of you are teachers maybe you can tell me um but what i but there was a very there was a difference there that i noticed because um because there's a whole different way of doing things but for us we don't want to separate ourselves from young people. As much as we can, we want to be involved with what's going on. So it means we join in the games and we ask them about their lives and we, um, we do whatever they're doing, we do it too. And as we do that, we build up social capital with them so that when it's time for us to lead a small group, then they're, they're going to listen to us, not because uh, we, have, we have the authority of a teacher with them, um, we don't want to have the, the same authority of a teacher with them because youth group and youth ministry is not school. But we do have the authority of being people who care about them and love them and are involved in their lives. Um, when, when they want to share with us what's going on in their lives, when they want to talk to us about things that they might not want to talk to their parents about, which is one of the really important roles in youth ministry is that you know, when youth get to this age where they're moving out of childhood and moving into adulthood, they start separating from their parents, which is an important thing to do. But parents are often like, oh, I need, there needs to be other people in their lives, other adults in their lives that they can turn to. The fact that you have said, I will not be separate from you, but I will be part of what's going on in your life, means that you are someone that they can turn to when they need to. Um, so the fact that you go and join in dodgeball, even though you don't want to, or you, uh, you know, play a silly, silly game of, you know, throw burrito with the kids, even though you'd rather, you know, chat with the other leaders. The fact that you do that is, uh, is important for the other ministry that you're going to do later on to help young people know and meet Jesus, not just being silly for silliness's sake, even though it is silly and it can be silly. Um, and have fun while you're doing it. It is fun to join in and young people like having fun. Um, they want to have fun. They want you to have fun. So have fun. When it's dress up nights, dress up, join in. When it's, you know, 
when there's silly, you know, interviews where they ask you questions, don't take yourself too seriously. The, the more you do that, the more they'll say, oh, this is someone that I can connect with. Um, sometimes people think that to be a youth leader, you've got to be really funny. You don't have to be funny to be a youth leader, but you do have to be willing to have fun because that's, that's currency that young people love to spend. So have a good time. Um, yeah. Next one, be reliable. This is uh, one that is um, fairly, uh, well, sometimes youth leaders are notorious for being flaky. Now I'm sure none of you are flaky, but uh, I have met many youth leaders in the last two decades, and there've been a lot that have been you know, quite flaky. They like, either say they're gonna do a thing and they don't do a thing, or you know, they're gonna come to youth group and then they don't come to youth group because they've got their friend's 21st on that they've been invited to and it's their really close friend who they haven't seen in six years, but they've gotta to go to that or they've, you know, there's a concert on that they wanna to go to or they've taken another shift at work or, you know, there's all these things that come up. But one of the things that we do in youth ministry and in youth group is that we spend time week in, week out with young people and the way that they know that they can rely on us is that we are people who are there and we turn up. And so as much as you can be there every week. Now that doesn't mean that every week, like every single week you have to be there. Like if something comes up, uh, like a one-off thing, like, you know, if you, if you have a, um, like a grandparent's birthday party, go to it, you know. You can, there are some, you know, important things to do, you know, go to some family events or things like that. But other things where you can figure out how to organize it, then don't, you can make sacrifices. So if you can, if, if your work schedule means that you need to rearrange your work schedule, so you're always free on Friday nights or always free on Sunday mornings or whenever you do your youth group or youth ministry stuff, then make sure you do that so that you can be reliable. And if you can't do it, then you don't have to be a youth leader. Like it's okay. You don't have to do all the things. But if, you, but if, if you're gonna commit to this, then commit to it and commit to it really well. Because that means that you'll be building relationships with young people. They know they can rely on you. They know that you're gonna be there. They know that you are someone who is willing to make sacrifices for them. The other way you can be reliable is do the things you say you're gonna do in terms of just leading things. So if, you're gonna, if you get asked to lead a game, you're leading a game, then be prepared to lead the game. Think about it before you get to youth group, what you're gonna play. Um, so that, that's a the gift that you can give to the other leaders, gift that you can give to the kids, that you're reliable enough to plan early. Um, if you can't do something, then be reliable enough to tell whoever's in charge, oh, I don't think I can do this, can someone else do it for me? There's one of the things that is the, the, one of the most frustrating things for me is when a leader says, I'm gonna do this thing, and then I say, oh, how are you going with it? And they say, oh, oh yeah, I'm doing really well, and they haven't done any work on it. And then they turn up, and it's really clear they have done no work on it until like the, the last hour before youth group, and then they've like kind of thrown their talk together or this Bible study together, and then I'm like, if you'd told me earlier, we could have worked on this, or I could have just, you know, we could have figured out something else, but you just, you know, you've gotta be honest, be reliable, do what you say you're gonna do. Everything works better if you do that. Something that goes well with reliability is stickability, hang around. So if reliability is about the week to week uh, faithfulness of ministry, sticking around is about the year to year faithfulness of ministry. Um, youth ministry is a long game. It's, it's not a thing that you can do in a week and then be like, oh, I'm done, or three months and then be done. There's some like, if you're leading on a camp, that's a week that is Youth ministry you can do in a week, but if you're doing like week in, week out youth ministry, the longer you stick at it, the more fruit you will see from it. It's kind of like, you know, the principles of investing and compound interest. I heard someone say once, if, I, if, if you invested $5 in Coca-Cola when it was invented in 1886, then today you'll be dead, um, which I thought was funny, but also, <laughs> That idea though, that people talk about, if you invest in this now, then it would grow and grow and grow and then you'd be like a billionaire or something like that. You've heard that before. That 
applies in youth ministry. If you do one year of youth ministry, you'll get some good stuff out of it. You do two years, it'll go better. Three years, it'll go better. Four years, it'll go better. The longer you're there, the more fruit you'll see out of the ministry that you are doing. Um, it, when I uh, have leaders, I ask them, how long can they commit for? We have that discussion usually at the beginning of the year. And uh, usually they say, oh, you know, can com- commit for a year, which is you know, generally because people don't know exactly what's going on in their lives. But my dream is that one day a leader would say to me, oh, I'm going to commit for six years. And I'm like, great, because then I know, or seven years actually in our youth group, then I know I could say, all right, you are going to lead the year sixes. And then you're going to hang out with the year sixes all the way through to year 12. And imagine how good the relationship is with those year sixes once you've been with them for the last seven years. Like you've been with them when they were crazy year sixes who couldn't listen. And you've been with them when they were grumpy year nines who wouldn't talk at all. And you've been with them when they were like awkward year tens who are experiencing their first breakup. And you've been with them when they were maturing year twelves who love Jesus. And you know, you've been with them through thick and thin and you've, you've seen their growth. You've loved them through it. And they know that you've stuck with them. You see huge dividends from doing youth ministry for the long term. And then if you do it for even longer than that, then you get even more good things that come about. So you've got like the kids who are in your church who are in, like, who are like going into um, like, uh, you know, primary school now, they look up to the youth leaders and they're like, I can't wait till I get to youth group. And then they just see you as this youth leader. And then when you're there, they're like, this is amazing. They're there. They've been looking forward to hanging out with you. And then they're there. And then you hang out with them all the way through to year 12. And then you start leading with them. And then you've had influence in their life over the last 13, 14 years of their life because you've just been around. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to commit for 14 or 15 years. So if you do, that's great. I know that other things come up in life. You know, particularly when you're young, you know, jobs come up, marriages come up, you know, uni things happen or whatever's going on you can't commit but as far as you can you should because you will see better ministry happening the longer you stick at it so there you go stick around any questions now that we're halfway through yes Um, so if conversely if you know that someone uh, might be interested in helping out with youth yeah I can only really do a year, I might be moving to another country or something next year yeah. or something. Would you say maybe not so wise to No, I'd it was for it was for a year, I'd be like sure. Mm. Um because you can still do good ministry in a year. Um but I would I'd probably I'd be thinking about that as I, you know, gave them things to do. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably be wanting to have that if we if I know they're only there for a year, have that as part of the discussion with the youth so that Say, oh, I'd be like, here's, you know, Philip, <laughs> Phillips, he's here for a year. Isn't that great? Let's get to know him really well. And then we're going to farewell him at the end of the year because he's, he's heading off to France to make baguettes or something. And, uh, and so then, the, then the, because the kids know that, then they'll have a different relationship with Philip. What would be worse is though, if Philip's like, oh, I'm going to be here for six years and then Philip go, disappears. But if you're in between, it's like, I can't commit. I don't know how long I'm here for, but I'll just take it a year at a time. Well, that's okay. But don't promise more than you can. Um, and if you know what you can promise, then that helps to kind of figure that out. If someone came to me and said, I can only youth lead for six weeks, and I'd be like, oh, well, don't, don't worry. Or I'd be like, oh, well, I've got some things for you to do, but it's not you know, face-to-face relationship with young people as much. Good question. Thanks. Any other questions? It's okay, you don't have to. All right, next one. Say yes. Also, say no. <laughs> so if you are new in youth ministry, then uh, you will probably not know how to do many things in youth ministry, which is fine. But how do you learn? You try everything. Say yes to all the things. And there are some really simple, good advantages to saying yes. First thing is, when you have that moment at the end of youth group, when whoever's in charge is standing around and you're about to go home and then they say, does someone want to pray for us? 
and you all look at each other and then you avoid eye contact and then you're waiting for someone to say yes and no one says yes and then eventually you know the leader goes all right fine i'll pray and they pray and they pray a really long prayer and you got to wait till the end of the prayer and then you can go home if you're a yes person the leader says you're waiting you're ready to go home the leader says who wants to pray you say yeah i'll do it and then you firstly you've saved like that 30 awkward seconds so you're home 30 seconds earlier already because you're a yes person. And then you say a really quick prayer. Thanks, Jesus. It was a really great night. I pray that, uh, you know, your word sinks in. Amen. Thank you very much. See you later. And then you go. You're out of there in 20 seconds. Fantastic because you're a yes person. That's the first advantage to being a yes person. But the other one, not only is it time saving, is it will make you better at ministry because you say that, you know, you're at the leaders meeting or something and say, there's someone who can run a game. You're like, yeah. I'll give it a shot this term. I'll try running again. Someone who can do a talk. Yeah, I'll give it a shot this term. Someone who can write a Bible study. Yep, I'll give it a shot. Is it someone who wants to follow up a kid? Yep, I'll give it a shot. And I say this not because I think you should be overloaded. So you should say yes appropriately across a long period of time. So you don't get, you know, in, every, in the first week you're giving a talk, running a game and leading a Bible study and following a kid up and, you know, making dinner and... Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not, you don't do, do everything all at once, but try everything. Because that's the way that you'll figure out if you're good at stuff. You'll figure out, you'll learn, oh, I had a really good time running that game. And I was actually pretty good at it. And doing a talk, that was, that was difficult. I didn't do a great job of that. And, you know, three kids stopped being a Christian. So maybe I shouldn't keep doing that. But, uh, oh, but I followed up that kid and, you know, I had a good conversation with their parents and they got to talk to the kid. And then the kid came back to youth group. Oh, I, you know, that worked well for me. I was, I'd figured... You know, you, as you try things, you'll figure out what you're actually good at. Um, but you won't know what you're good at until you try them. And you won't know what you're terrible at until you try it. And so say yes to all the things. Once you've tried a lot of the things, then you can say no to things. You can say, oh, yeah, no, not doing that talk. Remember, those kids stopped being Christians. Oh, not, not going to uh, write a Bible study, remember, because... You know, I formatted it badly and all the questions were in the wrong order and well I mean that, you can learn formatting I guess but you know you, but, I'm, but I'm definitely going to run that game because I'm being I'm the game's queen I'll keep doing that and I'm the, really good at following just try the things and you'll see what you're good at and then say no to the things and the other thing is to remember with your no saying is because you're here and you're a volunteer in youth ministry that probably means that you say yes you're a kind of person who says yes to things when you get asked, and that's good. But because you love Jesus, you're willing to volunteer and help out at church, then you're the kind of person who's going to be asked to do a lot of things at church. And maybe you already have been asked to do a lot of things at church. They might ask you to be on you know, the welcoming team and also in the music ministry and also you know, maybe go on the church council and, you know, the... And the more they see that you're capable, that you love Jesus, and you're willing to say yes, the more you will just have responsibilities heap up. And so you've got to be willing to say no to wider things as well, so that you, the things you do do, you can do well. Instead of doing lots of things badly, do a few things well. And it might be that the way you can serve best in your church is not in youth ministry, because you've said yes to a lot of things, and actually you're better, you know, better used somewhere else in the church which would be sad for whoever's in charge of your youth ministry, but best for the church. It might be you have to say no to youth ministry, but be willing to say no so that you can do whatever ministry you are doing so you can do it for the long term. Otherwise you'll burn yourself out because you say too many yeses. So say yes and also say no. All right. Number... Seven, be safe. Uh, I um, was in a youth group in the 70s, <laughs> not that old, in the 90s. So I am old, but not that old. And the 90s were a wild time for youth ministry because there was not many rules about what you could and couldn't do in youth ministry. I remember one, uh, one guy telling me about the youth group that he went to where they would go to on a beach camp and someone would be there with their four-wheel drive and they'd hitch a trailer up to the back of it and then they'd just shove all the kids in the trailer and then they'd race down the beach as fast as possible. I think it was like a cage trailer and then they'd like 
drive around corners quickly and all the kids would fall into each other in the trailer, which, which sounds really fun and terrible thing to do. <laughs> um, I, in my youth group, the best activity we ever played was also the worst activity we ever played. It was a game called Fireball where you got a, a lot of um, like old rags and you built like a ball out of them and then you put the rags into a, um, a bucket of kerosene you soaked it overnight and then we took it to a local oval at, at, at night and then pulled it out, lit it on fire and then kicked it around the oval, which was really cool. Like, yeah, you kick it and then like it would fly through the air and the oxygen would catch so you get like a trail of fire behind this ball. It was really good. Then it started falling apart and people got bits of burning like balls stuck to their feet and on their pants and then it rolled down the hill and lit the grass on fire and so it was bad but also really fun and also something you should never do in youth ministry. Um, I also had a leader who, uh, she, uh, she was someone who had a lot of fun and liked making jokes. And so one of the things I thought was really funny was going to the awkward boys in the youth group and slapping them on the butt and seeing how they responded. So I was one of her targets and she thought it was hilarious. And I, cause she'd like slap me on the butt and I'd be like, ah, and she thought it was very funny. And uh, that was the kind of thing in the 90s. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's what happens. Not okay. Not a good thing to do. Just in case you didn't know, you shouldn't be slapping any youth on the butt, just so you know. One of the things that happens a lot uh, is we do a lot of stuff about safe ministry, uh, partly because of the 90s, but partly because of the, all the decades before that as well. Um, but we do a lot of like training. We fill out a lot of forms. And it can feel like a hassle. Um, and it feel like a lot of boxes to tick so that we, we could do all that stuff, so get it out of the way so we can get on with the real work of ministry. But doing safe youth ministry is the real work of ministry. Um, you only have to look at you know, the responses to the, the, um, the Royal Commission into uh, Child Abuse in Institutions um, to see the damage that has been done to the gospel by people who have not done ministry safely. And not just people who have abused young people, but people who have not run a ministry where it is safe for kids so they can be, there can be a space for them to be hurt. Um, and so we need to take ministry, safe ministry, really seriously because the fact that the church has not been trustworthy in the past has, is one of the reasons that young people don't want to hear about Jesus today. And so we need to make sure that kids are safe because they're not going to know that Jesus loves them if the people of Jesus aren't looking after them. And the, and the world needs to know that the church is safe so that they know that we are people who take loving young people seriously. Um, so what that means is when you fill out the forms, do them and do them well. When you do the training, do it and listen to it and put it into practice and make sure that you're running a ministry or you're part of a ministry that runs safely practically day in, day out. So one of the ways that we do that in my youth group is that every, um, every week we have a debrief question where we ask about were there any child safety concerns that you saw tonight. And so we talk about things, and usually they're very small things, but they're things that we can kind of improve on. It's like, oh, when we all left that room, uh, I was the only leader. I was, it was me and a kid who were in the room at the end of that activity and is it okay if we just pay attention to where the other leaders are so that if it looks like a leader's going to be alone, we'll, we'll be there. And so and my leaders do that. They pay attention to, to who's where and then, um, and then I find them positioning themselves in places so that no one's alone with a kid, which means that we're running safe ministry. Um, we do things where we, um, where we tell the kids in our youth group, we say, this is what it means for us to have a safe ministry because we want to keep you safe. So one of those things is that no, no leaders are going to contact you online and try and form a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you online. And if that happens, you should tell someone. And we're not going to try and spend time with you in person, one-on-one. -on -one. And if we are going to do things with you outside of youth group, we'll do it with the permission of your parents. We'll talk to your parents about it. Um, and there'll be, you know, there'll be, it'll be in public and there'll be two leaders around or we'll figure things out. But we always make sure that not only do the leaders know what safe ministry is, but the kids know what safe ministry is. Because if everyone knows, then there's no space for someone who might want to get in and exploit the vulnerabilities that we have to get in and do that. Um, so 
usually it's not, you know, most people who are in ministry are not there to hurt kids. But people who are in ministry who are sloppy with their safe ministry stuff allows kids to get hurt. And so we need to do safe ministry and keep it at the front of our minds because that's one of the ways that we love young people. All right. Number eight. Seek growth. So, we, I, don't, I don't know what happens in your ministry, the stuff where you lead, or how much training you get. Um, my experience is that most uh, youth ministers would like to do more training than they're doing. And in my, for my youth leaders, they don't get trained that much. Uh, they come to this event, um, and there's, you know, I kind of meet with them one-on-one sometimes, but other than that, there's not a lot of other stuff that happens, mainly because they're busy and they don't have a lot of space and it's pretty hard to get us all together. So to do extra things is difficult. What that means is that if that's a similar situation for you, then you need to take responsibility for your own growth in youth leading. Because whatever gets given to you by your leader is great, um, but it's only so much they can do. Um, but you have the space to think about, well, where do I need to grow? What are the things I'm passionate about? How can I grow as a leader? So how can I seek my own growth? And so I'm going to give you uh, a few things that you can do. In fact, I've got five levels of growth that you can pursue. Um, and if you want, you can uh, pursue this and become the world's greatest youth leader ever. All right, here we are. Here are your training options. First one is level one, books, podcasts, YouTube, and conferences and other things. So, you know, we've got, there are plenty of books you can read. In fact, I've got some books here that are available on the bookstore. Um, only three at the moment, but there's more over there. Um, but these are some that I recommend. There's this one, Sustainable Youth Ministry um, by Mark DeVry. He's a guy who talks about how can you run um, a youth ministry that isn't just, you know, really great for, you know, six months or a year and fun for kids for a short time, but how can you get stuff that helps kids know Jesus for a long time? So this is a really good one to be thinking about, to reading. This one's called Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry. So how do you run youth, youth ministry that, you know, is not, say, focused on games and excitement or... Um, you know, creating a safe space for young people, even though all those things are good, but at the center of it is Jesus and helping kids meet and know Jesus. Um, so this is, this is a useful book. Um, there's this one written by a guy called Tom French, uh, and this is about how do you do talks that don't suck uh, and how to write and give Bible talks to teenagers. I read this book pretty much just for, teenagers, for youth leaders if they've never done a talk before, to be like beginning to end, how do you do it? Um, and so you don't need to know anything to read this book and hopefully it's helpful. And in fact, at the end of this, there'll be a link so that you can get the whole book for free. All you have to give me is your email address and then I send you marketing emails until you click unsubscribe, which you can do straight away. Yep. Although uh, some of those books like a, a big picture more book instead of... Yeah, yeah. So these two... The two with the white covers, they're a bit more big picture. Um, yeah, this one is not big picture. One of the things that you'll find, and I'm hoping to correct this, is that most books are not written for youth leaders. They're written for like youth ministers, youth pastors. And so it's useful to keep that in mind. Um, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't read them. Like they're really helpful. In fact, it's really helpful for whoever's leading your ministry for you to be thinking about the big picture of the ministry as well, um, because then you can have a more informed discussion with them about things. When you're in planning meeting, it's not just about, oh, what, you know, what should we do for the end of term social, which is helpful, but you, they can be thinking as they have discussions about, what about the structure of this ministry? What should it look like? You're like, oh, I've done some thinking about that. Or, you know, what's the purpose of this game that we're doing? Or what's the, what are we trying to achieve with these small groups? Or you know, is there a way that we can get mentoring happening or all these kind of things? Because you've been thinking about it, it's quite, it can be helpful. Um, anyway, I've, sometimes, inevitably people ask me and they say, have you got a list of uh, resources for me? And so I have started making a list of resources. 
So that QR code will get you a link to a Google Doc that I've made. And uh, it's got some books on there, some of those ones. It's got um, some podcasts. Uh, it's got a link to my podcast, which is the best youth ministry podcast in Australia that features me. And uh, that's where it's just me and a friend who just sit around and we review youth group each week, our youth group, and then we think about what's coming up. So it's just about thinking about youth group. So you can subscribe if you want to or not. Um, anyway, next step. Level two is Ridley Certificate. So there's, I think there are other online courses as well, but uh, Ridley runs an online course that you can do, which will train you in, you know, uh, youth ministry, children's ministry, overview of the Bible, um, how to specific, specific ministry skills. Um, I think it costs like per subject, unless you decide to do it as a church, and then it just is one lump sum for as many people. And it's relatively cheap when you do it that way. So you could just get your whole youth leadership team to do stuff together and um, and it can be really helpful. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a, this, the next step. So these ones are kind of increasing in how much time and money it's going to cost you to do things. So the next one is you just get a degree. <laughs> and sometimes people think that Bible college degrees, um, and this is a Bible college degree, I mean, not just any degree, but you know, degrees are good, but particularly for youth ministry. Um, sometimes people are like, oh, if you want to go into ministry and get paid for it, then you should do a degree. And that's true, but it's not just for those people. There are plenty of people who go to Bible college and do degrees just, or even just parts of degrees or just like a graduate certificate or different things, um, just so that they can understand the Bible better, be better at serving in their church, um, and there are really good subjects in youth ministry that you can do here. Um, so you can start on a degree pathway if you want. But then once you get your degree, obviously, the next step is your master's. So, you know, you can be like me. I'm currently studying, doing a master's of theological studies here at Ridley, which is uh, fun. And uh, once you finish that, then obviously you do your PhD. And if you do your PhD and you're a volunteer youth minister or youth leader, then you'll be the greatest youth leader in the world because you are so committed that you, you know, spent six or seven years getting a PhD because you're to volunteer with teenagers, which would be great. I don't know if anyone's ever done that. Um, though, when I first started leading at the Inner North Youth Group, I had leaders who were, uh, I, th I had like three people who were ordained Anglican ministers. One was working on his master's. One had his PhD in theology. He had a PhD in Karl Barth, something with Karl Barth. So any teenagers who wanted to discuss Karl Barth with him could. And no, none did, funnily enough. But there's an option. What do you want to say? Also, uh, like, could you add the MTS apprenticeship anywhere in there? Uh, yeah, you could. Um, I don't know where. It would probably, yeah, it'd fit somewhere, somewhere in here. There are, there are more options than just that. So, so yes, there's MTS, traineeships. Um, at my church, I think we're going to start having a traineeship, which will be you get to work. Yeah, you have an internship at church where you work a few days at church and you have to go to Bible college at the same time, um, things like that. So there are, other, there are other things. There are levels 3.1 and you know 2.6. And another one that someone suggested is that one way to get trained is to train other people. So uh, if you, say, have said yes to a lot of things, then you've discovered you're really good at one thing, so you've discovered you're the games person, then you get really good at games and think about how games fit in with the Bible teaching, and then you start training. You can be the trainer for your youth group in how to do games really well and do games that make a difference or something like that. So as you train people, you then get trained yourself. So there, there's another one in there somewhere. So really, this is, you know my most elaborate slide and it's also the most wrong but um should just stuck with my my headings but anyway there you go anything want to add in anything else this is a work in progress i'm going to recommend a podcast which is not helpful for you as a youth leader but it's fun as a youth leader it's called youth group chronicles and it's a guy who just reads out the stories of the most wild things that have happened at youth group and then his friends react to it. It's not helpful. It really is, like, will not make you a better youth leader, but is just fun if you're a youth leader. Creativity. 
Creativity, yeah, maybe. Um, one of my favorite story that I heard on it was a group that was traveling uh, to a conference. They were in the U.S. and uh, it was like they had one or two, two or three buses, you know, driving there. And the kids in the first bus thought it'd be funny to put up a sign for the bus behind that said, "Help, we're being kidnapped." which uh, is a funny sign to put up, but it wasn't just the bus behind that saw it. Some other people on the road oh, saw yeah, it yeah. and they called the police. And then the, you know, like it, a little while later they got pulled over by the FBI and the FBI like hostage rescue team was there with their weapons. And they got the guy, the youth leaders out on the ground and, and they opened the door of the back of the bus and pulled all the kids out and then had to find out if they were safe and call their parents. And uh, it's a good story, but... Um, Anyway, that's nothing. Don't do that. That's another thing not to do in youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. Another one I like. Now I'm just, you know, just telling you my favorite things in this podcast. Another one I like is they had in the U.S. They had this stupid thing where they would kidnap the the juniors, the seniors would kidnap the juniors or something, and they would, they would get them from their house in the middle of the night and then blindfold them and then shove them in the back of a car or shove them in the boot of the car. And so they got this one kid, shoved him in the boot of the car and he managed to get the boot open and he jumped out and he like ran down the road and someone saw this happen and then the other youth leaders jumped out, grabbed this kid, threw him back in the boot and then drove to the church. And then all the police had turned up at the church waiting for them and pulled out their guns and they had to explain everything. And then... the, the the, the cop, the chief cop of the town, when he found out what was going on, he was like, oh, okay, just give us a heads up next time you do it. <laughs> like, how is that the takeaway? <laughs> Don't kidnap kids. <laughs> All right. Yeah, safe ministry. All right, next one. Nine, be yourself. We have two point nines, and that's because I'm not very good at PowerPoint. So this is point nine. The next one is actually point ten just in case you think you're counting wrong. This is, be yourself. One of the things that I think we have with youth ministry is that we think that youth leaders should be like young and cool and funny. And you, you might start youth leading when you're 18 and you finish, you've got to retire when you're 23. Um, and, and after that, you know, you're done. But you, what is important to know is that when you're youth leading, you don't have to be cool. And you don't have to like, you know, know, you know, all the latest, you know, words that young people use. You don't have to be on all the latest social media apps. If you are, like if you genuinely are someone who can talk like a young person and use young person stuff, then go for it. But don't pretend to be someone that you're not. Just be yourself. And that is good ministry. Because kids don't need you to be like them. They need you to be like you and someone who loves them as yourself. I was uh, at an event recently and I was hanging out. I met this youth leader who was in his 80s, I think. And he had been youth leading for like 50 years or so. Like he had been youth leading for a very, very long time. And he uh, was definitely not the coolest person in the room. Um, but the kids did not care at all. They thought he was great. They loved that he was there. They loved hanging out with him. Um, particularly the young guys connected with him really well. And, uh, and it was just impressive to see someone who'd stuck at it for so long and someone who was willing just to be there and be himself and hang out with the young people. Um, and the other thing is, sometimes when we feel like we have to be cool for young people, it's important to remember that the, the kids at your youth group are not cool. Like the fact that they're coming to youth group means that they're not cool. <laughs> um, so they don't need you to be cool. And in fact, sometimes they just need you to be there. Like they need to see other introverts and other nerdy people and other extroverts and other people who like similar things to them and other people who like different things to them. So just, just be yourself. And one last thing on this point is about being cool is if you think back, if you were ever in youth group and you think to back to what you think thought of your youth leaders, like when you were in year seven, six and year seven, probably you thought they were really cool. And now you think about the youth leaders that you were leading with and you know they were not cool. So the kids are going to look at you and they're going to think you're cool even if you're not. So congratulations. Just be yourself and you'll do good ministry. Love Jesus. Love young people. Be yourself. Build relationships. It's fairly simple stuff. But keep doing it and you'll 
do it well. Last point, number 10. Point them to Jesus. So everything we do, we want kids to know Jesus. We want kids to love Jesus. Um, and so as you do things, make sure it's all about Jesus. You know why you're doing what you're doing and how it fits in with your plan to help kids know and love Jesus. So if you're eating a lot of food at youth group, you know, you have the youth group pizza and Coke, which is great. Know why you're doing that and how that helps kids to know Jesus. And it, and it doesn't mean that it means that, you know, like you have to like write Jesus in pepperoni on the pizza. Um, I mean, if you do that, that's fine. <laughs> Probably won't help, but it'd be interesting. Um, but it, it might be that you're like, oh yeah, because we, it's important to eat together. Eating together is good. And eating bad food is enjoyable for the kids. And, you know, that helps us to build relationships with the young people. And when we build relationships with the young people, we have opportunities to share the love of Jesus with them. Great. There you go. Now you know why you're eating pizza at youth group and how it points them to Jesus. Um, when you have opportunities to talk to young people about, you know, what's going on in their lives, then be willing to, be, to not just listen to them, but also pray for them and pray with them or to encourage them with a verse from the Bible, or um, to talk to kids and challenge them about their faith and how they're engaging with Jesus. Um, whatever you do, make sure you're pointing young people to Jesus, because real life comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from being part of the church. It doesn't come from turning up to youth group. It doesn't come from reading their Bibles. It doesn't come from being well-behaved. definitely doesn't come from like not having sex before marriage, even though everyone gets very worked up about it. It's a good thing to do, but that's not what it's about. Real life comes from Jesus, so point them to Jesus. And all the other mistakes that you make and they make along the way will get sorted out because Jesus is the answer. Well, that was the seminar. I hope that it was helpful. Or if you've skipped to the end and missed the whole thing, I don't know why you would, but there you are. Chris and I are going to be back uh, next week or next, I, I don't know, for the next episode, whenever it goes up, hopefully sooner rather than later and uh, we'll be looking at the beginning of our term two and seeing what's coming up and I think we might even be talking about all our best games and ideas for you yeah we'll figure that out because we do a lot of pre-planning we get this all sorted out months in advance rather than days or hours or as we do it Anyway, my name is Tom French. This has been Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. If you want to know more about Chris Morphew, who is not here, you should go to chrismorphew.com where you can see all of his books and watch his videos. And He's got a lot of good content. He never talks about it, but you should check it out. He's, and he's, even, he's also written some like fiction books that you can read. He's got fiction, non-fiction. He's just a hero of Australia. And then there's my stuff at tomfrenchcott.com.au. You can go check that out too. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. If Chris was here, he'd say, nailed it again.